0: Matt Chandler is the pastor of the Village Church, a booming church in Dallas. He's the president of the Acts 29 Church Planning Network, and he's one of the authors of the new book, Creature of the Word, the Jesus-Centered Church, published by B&H. It's a book he co-authored with Josh Patterson and Eric Geiger. There's much wise counsel in the book for living a gospel-centered life and for cultivating a gospel-centered or a Jesus-centered culture in our local churches. And in particular, this book is especially strong when it comes to stressing the importance of honesty with our personal sins. Here's one excerpt from the book to explain what I mean. This is what they write quote, The cross should continually testify to us that God fully knew we would need to be justified. Therefore, unconfessed sin is actually the foolish decision to run away from our healing and growth rather than toward it. We hang on to things we believe will satisfy us, thinking we need these things more than what God offers to provide. But how can we rejoice in and worship the majesty of a loving and forgiving God if, in practice, we don't believe He loves and forgives? If, in practice, we don't believe the gospel. How can our churches rejoice and worship corporately when our collective energy is expended carrying around the saddle of unconfessed sin and shame? When people walk in honesty about their fears, shortcomings, and needs, they reveal a deep understanding of the gospel. To confess our sins to one another is to violently pursue our own joy and the glory of God. And to exponentially increase our rejoicing and worship both individually and corporately they go on to say this. The gospel frees us to admit that our struggles and our strengths have not been fully sanctified and to allow others to apply the grace of God to areas of our lives that desperately need it. When community is honest and authentic, people begin to experience and lead others to experience freedom from wearing a mask because Jesus set people free from the need to be hypocrites. He liberates religious overachievers controlled and dominated by a religious system they can never beat. He emancipates those Shackled to their secrets by bringing light to the darkness. He tears off the masks of the seemingly perfect and allows them to walk in the open. That's the nature of an authenticity in Jesus centered community people constantly emerging from the shadows and finding the sufficiency of grace. Matt Chandler joined us from his office to talk more about this theme. I began by asking him why honest dealing with our sin is an essential mark of a Christ-centered church.
1: Honestly, the reality is that the gospel is going to put us all in the same category. Uh, The gospel is going to put us all in the same category of we're sinners in need of grace, and and that God's provided that grace for us in Jesus Christ. And so uh, if, from the leadership down, um, you don't create an environment that acknowledges we're all saved by grace alone, which means we all started with the same baseline standard. Whether that was one of irreligion or one of religion, we're both in need of a savior. And and so the man or woman who... Um, But really, rebelled against God with Sunday school is no different than the man or woman who rebelled against God with heroin. Now, of course, the repercussions of the type of rebellion are probably going to be different. Um, The the reality is both are in need of saving grace. They're both, in one way or another, saying, I don't need you, God, I can handle this. And so, um, to create an environment where you're actually bringing glory to God, not by celebrating your sin, but by showing that we're all in need of forgiveness, uh, we, we found here at the village and in, in the churches that we considered as we wrote the book, one of the kind of consistent uh, markers uh, of churches who are operating in a way um, where where grace is, is tangible, I mean, it's visible, it is that they're marked by humble leaders who aren't afraid to um, let their weaknesses be known.
0: Gospel-centered leaders are open and honest with themselves and with others. In fact, you seem to say that in Creature of the Word, it's it's not possible really to lead a church into open honesty about sin if the pastor doesn't model it. Speak to the pastor now who wants to become more self-disclosing, uh, but he doesn't know where to start. I mean, does it start in the pulpit? Where does he begin? Um,
1: I don't know that it starts in the pulpit. Um, I, I think it honestly starts in smaller rooms and then could eventually lead to the pulpit. Um, and so it starts in the smaller rooms uh, for uh for say at the village church it it started with my elders and and created an environment in the elder room where we could go, you know what I haven't been the type of husband this week that that God would have me be I, I need some prayer, I'm not seeing correctly this, I've got some issues here or uh, I've had to ask my twelve um, year old daughter for forgiveness twice this twice this week because i 've just been short i think i 'm short because of this and then we begin to dig around and then we just begin to pray for that that man and and then follow up with him afterwards and go okay how is, is it better um, how are you handling this situation? How are you approaching this guy at work? How are you and so for us, it started in the elder room and and then and then from the elder room and it just started permeating culture so that uh, I'm at a place right now where I feel very safe in regards to uh, being honest. in fact, um, last week um, in, in my sermon uh, i I've, I've got a scan coming up on March fifth, and I, I have felt. Um, for whatever reason, a lot more anxiety about this scan than the last few and And so I know what to do with anxiety. I, I know to lay it before the Lord there's nothing I can do. He's God. His will's going to happen. I, I know I'd like for it to go a certain direction. But when all said and done, that's in God's hands. I know that. I know he loves me. I know nothing that happens to me will be punitive. And and I just continually lay that at his feet. But one of the things I've learned about myself is that in those seasons of anxiety, there'll be a low-grade agitation um, that kind of takes over my interpersonal relationships. And and so all of a sudden I'm far more agitated at home. I'm more agitated with um, people at the office. I'm more agitated with even some of our um, our members who I wish they would just you know do this that they know is right and they know what the Word of God says. And they and so I I literally said that from the pulpit this weekend that I'm 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 anxious and that in that anxiety I think I'm doing right before the Lord. And a byproduct though of that anxiety has been a type of. Um, uh, honestly, a type of um, agitation that, that has made me interact with my wife and kids in in this past week in, in ways that aren't godly and um, and fall short of what God would have for me. But praise God that Christ has covered that. I'm able to say that to you. And 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 so I think the more the pastor wears the cape, uh, the the more he sets up his people to feel as though. He knows God differently than they do, and that he is beyond them. He all of a sudden becomes Michael Jordan, and, and they're
0: barely on the team.
1: And, and then that's just not helpful.
0: We will be praying for your scan on March 5th. Thanks for sharing that with us, Matt. Um, speak, to, speak to the person now who would say, okay, in light of your, uh, your brain scan that's coming up in your anxiety, I mean, you've confessed this anxiety to the Lord, Matt, so why are you confessing this anxiety to other people then? Well, I mean,
1: I, I mean, the, the simple answer is is the Bible would teach us not to just confess unto the Lord, but confess one to another, and that sin, in some very real ways, loses its power when it's no longer secret or private, but becomes a community project.
0: Well said. Yeah. In the book, you talk a lot about running away from sin, running and hiding in the shadows. I mean, what what makes it so easy to run to the shadows?
1: Oh man! Well, i can tell you why I think we run to the shadows. I want to be awesome. I mean, that's why I, I want people to think that Matt Chandler knows his Bible better than I know it. I want people to think Matt Chandler is one of the greatest preachers ever. I want those are wicked areas of my heart. And and I feel like at this point, 38 years old, been faithfully trying to follow the Lord for 20 years now. I think in some manner or another, I'm going to have to always lay those things down before the Lord. And and so what I've even had to learn to do um, What I've even had to learn to do is sometimes I know what's right and I'll do it even though my heart's not there at all. And so I found myself in particular with my elders and and senior level staff, if they'll come in and try to commend me for doing something that I knew was right but my heart wasn't in it, I I found myself even now in that going, well, thank you for that. I did know that's what I was supposed to do, but I'll tell you that's not where my heart is. Here's what my heart actually is. And I've had to tr- to try to battle my own heart in those areas. Uh, I've had to just be really at a gritty level, honest about where my heart actually is. And then here's the thing. I feel so safe there because it's not going to gain ground on me if, if every time I feel it flare up, I'm just throwing it out there for people to know that I'm not as godly, like this Matt Chandler creature. To me, he's like a mythical creature. He's like a Oompa-Loompa, uh, you know, a, a, a unicorn or something. I, I mean, to, I'm just a brother trying to faithfully follow the Lord day in and day out. I'm um, still got my wrestle, still got my struggles, and I think that's true about everyone. And and so we've created. I, I think we've created, unbeknownst. I don't think it was wicked in its intention. I just think it, it it's grown perverse this idea of christian hollywood where all these people get to look at guys like john piper guys uh you you know guys like me guys like and and think that they are like like we're we're jordan or mozart or steve jobs and otherworldly i mean really the glory of god is that that he uses ordinary men in extraordinary ways and and so I, i think the more you wear the cape uh, the more you make that an impossibility in your church for your people to believe. And and so it's, we run to the shadows, because in the shadows, um, we can be seen as lovelier than we are.
0: That's well said. Yeah, in, in light of that, I mean, do you think it's possible to gauge a church's understanding of the gospel by how humble they are in disclosing personal sin? I mean, whether it's in a care group or an accountability group, wherever it is, is that a measure of how well a church understands the gospel?
1: I know... I, have, I know some people would strongly disagree with me here, but I believe it is. In fact, I'm looking for that in the guys that we plant churches with. I'm looking for that in churches that we partner with. Um, I, I absolutely believe it is. To, um, to believe the gospel is to run to God when you blow it. If there's no category for you to blow it, then, then I get confused on how all of this works. So so for me, I'm looking for a guy walking in humility who can own his weaknesses, who's aware of them, and, and when he stumbles and falls, um, runs to the gospel and makes known, this is a place I have a tendency to stumble and fall.
0: So much of your book gets down into the the details of how this Christ-centered life gets lived out. Uh, give us a situational example of what this looks like. I mean, how does a Godward perspective serve a, a fellow brother in Christ in the matter of, let's say, a, the sin of coveting? When, when you covet
1: someone else's life, someone else's stuff, really what you're doing is you're making an accusation against God. Because it, it, people, what people do is like, oh, surely that's not that big of a deal, that I, I want that and think that I deserve that more than they deserve that. But really what they're doing in that moment is making an accusation against God that God is not good, that God does not have their best interest at heart, that God does not know what's best for them, and that what all said and done, God is unloving and unaware of what they really need and, and, and need to have to flourish. And, and so really what you're doing when you covet is you're making an accusation against God. You're shaking your fist at the heavens. But people don't see coveting like that. They, they see it. So what we've tried to do historically with a brother who is confessing sin, but not necessarily repentant as we want to sit him down and help him understand this is the offense this is to God. This is what you're doing in regards to the holiness of God by choosing this thing over um, God's revealed will in the scriptures. And and so sometimes you have to do things like that. And then, man, it's been my experience that some guys need a guide that's smarter than I am. And so uh, we've got great biblical counselors here and um, we've plugged some guys into biblical counseling for that.
0: A pastor's model is really key in all this. It's a point that comes out in the book. I mean what what are you as a pastor seeking to model at the village church?
1: what what I've come to to see that that really is encouraging in in some ways is that the people of the village church in in a lot of ways need to see my strengths. They need to see my love for the Bible. They need to see my passion for him to be known and worshipped and glorified in. But they just as much need to see that I'm human, that um, that I get frustrated that I have to apologize to my kids, that my wife and I still will um, uh, occasionally have an insolvable, unsolvable situation with one another that requires uh, a mediator come in and help us out, and we're very much in love with one another. But that's a reality. We were raised differently. We're different backgrounds. We're very different personalities. And, and so uh, for the village church to hear that allows them all to breathe, to be serious about the Word of God, and to understand that in their serious devotion to God, they're still going to have hiccups that should drive them back to the Lord, where they don't need to hide, they don't need to pretend that they're okay if they're not okay.
0: Matt, speak to the person who, who knows this is right, they know there's something that they need to confess to a brother in the Lord, they're afraid, they don't know where to begin. What are some few baby steps to take here to begin?
1: Yeah, I mean, my, my encouragement is going to be always that you would start very small with a single, trusted friend who, who, who's your peer, um, who, who you respect and, and who you know to take seriously the things of God. And, and then it, once you've got that two, then I think you just slowly grow that circle. You, you add a third, you add a fourth, you add a, a, a fifth, and over time, like this is baby step stuff. Uh, so, if you're a pastor listening to this podcast and your your issue is porn, I do not in any way recommend that you get up on Sunday morning in your sermon and just throw that out to the congregation. Uh, that that lacks wisdom; uh, it, it's foolish. Uh, but what I am saying is that that does need to be and 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 that does need to be confessed and does need to be dealt with uh, in in a very serious way, um, and and not just continue continually pushed back into the shadows. And so start small, start with a single guy, or if God's blessed you with a few guys, uh, check your pride at the door. You don't need to be their hero. Uh, you need to be a brother with them and 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 confess your sins.
0: That was Matt Chandler. He's the pastor of the Village Church in Dallas, and he's also the president of the Acts 29 Church Planning Network. He's also the author of the new book, Creature of the Word, The Jesus-Centered Church, published by B&H in October of 2012. It's a book he co-authored with Josh Patterson and Eric Geiger. Thank you for listening to this Authors on the Line podcast. This free podcast is supported, produced, and distributed by Desiring God in Minneapolis. You can subscribe and find a full archive of episodes by searching for Authors on the Line in the iTunes store or watch for new episodes online at desiringgod.org forward slash blog. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. Thanks for listening.